brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino. Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to The Pull Bag. Join us as we dig out our latest comics and discuss them with a rotating panel of the GCRN crew. So sit back and enjoy this week's Pull Bag. Hello and welcome back to the Auto Bali August coverage of IDW Publishing's Transformers Comics here inside the Pull Bag and also featured on all things Transformers. This is episode 150 of the Pull Bag. I am one of your hosts, TFU and Mike. Joining me is Ryan the Infill Merkley. Hello, sir. Hello. Today we, we can tell folks he is so excited, right? Today we conclude. Well, I was the... trying to think of something else to say, and then you picked on me for meowing last time, and so. I <laughs> Today we conclude the Transformers Autocracy trilogy with a discussion of the final part of the series, Primacy, written by Chris Metzen and Clint Dilly, with art by Lemmy Orlandelli. This, folks, is a little different than last time. This is only four issues, uh, four regular sized issues, not four digital issues, just. Or regular size. Um, honestly, yeah, it was released as a mini series. This one wasn't sent out digitally at all. Yeah. Well, it was. It was just wasn't a specific. Well, sorry, the, digital... the way that comics yeah. are normally sent out. Yes, it wasn't like a free digital. Yeah. Released in pieces, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I almost like this better. As far as one, two, three, four issues instead of eleven or twelve chapters. I love the stories in Autocracy and in Monstrosity, I, but there were times when I was reading those to record the podcast we've already put out that I would have to read like half of the thing, so the first six chapters, and then come back to it later and read the next six, because we needed a break. Um, it yeah. makes it a little disjointed when, yeah, you kind of skip uh, whenever you've got to stop after six or seven pages to move on to the next chapter. Yeah. Yep. So, Primacy. Uh, this one was really... I did not expect this to go in the way that it went. Well, it's a third part, and you mentioned Flint Dilly talking about it. You know, the first part was the hero's journey, obviously, with Pax mm-hmm. and Prime. Second part, obviously, Megatron's jersey. Or jersey. Journey. Wow. He's number double zero. I wish I had a Megatron jersey. Uh, Anyway, Megatron's journey. And then, yeah, part three, like, the journeys are over for them. So I guess you're just kind of tying up loose ends. I sort of felt like it was like, okay, this is how we got Optimus Prime. This is how Megatron changed 
from gladiator slash revolutionary trying to change, you know, trying to make not necessarily peace through tyranny. At this point now, he is peace through tyranny. He wasn't before. He was different before. And now, at this point, he has changed. And the way I see this is, it's the war. That's the way I saw this, was this is the four million year old war. This is one part of it, I guess, or Flint Dilly and Chris Metzen's version of it, which is fine to me, because we how often have we said this, any of us Transformers fans, the cartoon, the G1 cartoon kind of was and wasn't the war. We got various, you know, episodes showing different parts of the Cybertronian war on Cybertron, but most of that is on Earth. Most of that is Megatron on Earth trying to get back to Cybertron and things like that. This here, that what I love about this entire series, they don't go to Earth at all. Yeah, that's one of the things that made R.I.D. good in that first mm-hmm. run as well. Uh, yeah, I just... Stop going to Earth. <laughs> Leave us alone, you damn aliens! It happen, happens in, like, every series. Just, anyway. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we pick up uh, not long after. You were talking about previously, you were hoping Hot Rods shows up. Well, and that didn't does. take long. <laughs> uh... <laughs> One thing I think is funny, so Slinger, who gives Hot Rod shit for joining, or sorry, for uh, killing everybody in the city. Oh, yeah, killing everybody, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's the one that told Hot Rod to do it (laughs) (laughs) in the the autocracy, so oops, uh, oh well. Maybe he's just got a really bad memory, or he got hit on the head in that fight. But uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of funny. Uh, Prime is on a journey, I guess, to go see something significant with Ironhide in the cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very significant. Um, Because, honestly, since we've been doing these, what I have looked forward to, not only is Chris and, and, and Flint's story, which is, I find all three of them really, really good, some are better than others, but I enjoy the overall continuity. And plus, like I've said before in the last two episodes of the podcast, it's Flint friggin' Dilly. I mean, he worked on the cartoon series. So for me, all is I really care about to enjoy, besides the story and the art itself, is what am I going to see? What, what characters are going to pop up? And I was not expecting at all to see the character that pops up. <laughs> you just say it's Omega Supreme. It's like one note before what I'm going to get to. So, uh, I mean, next uh, we find out that Grimlock and the Dinobots have been fixed. Um, again, sort of a, another logical step. Uh, Megatron discovers that Penitus has some sort of uh, hold slash is Trypticon which is fairly important later on, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, and then Prime and Ironhide meet Omega Supreme. Or sorry, an Omega Sentinel, but we all know it's Omega Supreme. It's Omega Supreme. I mean, because as soon as he turns around... I mean, hell, as soon as we get to the panel where Optimus says, it's standing watch, and then Ironhide says, Optimus, take, take a closer look. I recognize it, Ironhide. 
and we get the full shot of Omega. And we all know. <laughs> we don't even need him to say his name. We know what his name is because not many Omega Sentinels look like Omega I don't remember some of the other Sentinels having uh, yellow and red on them. Most of them were like blue and gray and some other stuff. So, you know, but I love it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, well, we've got some more minor, I'm not going to complain too much about it, uh, continuity issues with this, mm -hmm. uh, because Optimus isn't supposed to know <laughs> uh, Nova <laughs> Prime was evil at this point. Uh, he's not supposed to learn it until Omega tells him, but that happens in Spotlight Optimus Prime. So that's a ways off. But anyway, that conversation's also in the third uh, issue. Yes. But anyway. So, yeah, Megas, Megas has another chat with uh, Trypticon. Uh, Scorp uh, in a bit, too. He mentions that Scorponok had a lot of defectors, probably because, as I pointed out in Monstrosity, he was a crappy leader who beat the crap out of his own followers. That's not a not good incentive yeah very true. I, their benefit plan must have been really good i mean to keep mm -hmm. anybody i hope they got dental so uh you know the autobots sorry skylinks uh carrying grimlock hot rod and some of the other autobots go to check out where Tripticon is they're amazed that he's missing Dun, dun, dun. And, of course, you know, Trypticon is in his city mode, which hasn't been used since... Oof, hasn't been used in a while. Since, like, G1. I can't remember. Trypticon's appeared in other Transformer series since then, but I don't remember him being able to be a city. Maybe yeah. I'm crazy. I mean, I think, just really quickly, talking about the art, I, I, I think I'm... I haven't caught up to you yet, but... Um, my Oops. favorite thing, no, it's alright, my favorite thing that Livio has done here is when Megatron is asking Trip Trypticon what happened, how did you become this way, and we get the flashback of Trypticon walking across, you know, this, this primordial landscape. Yeah. The whole, the orange sky, the red ground, the fact that Trypticon is all orange and red, I just, I love that, that part of the page in the panel, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, the Trypticon flashbacks are really good art, and I kind of wish he would play with some more of the brighter colors like that more often. Yeah. Um, this sort of always shrouded in darkness, the sort of dull Zack Snyder-esque uh, color palette. Please, please, doesn't... please, do not compare Livio Remondelli to Hack Snyder. Please stop. I just said they have the same color palette. Jeez. <laughs> um... But yeah, I love the way his Quintessons look. I, the fact of, you know, the Sharkticons and all that. But yeah, you're right. The city mode. The city mode is awesome. I wish they would use city modes more. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, uh, we see Metroflex a fair amount in the... Well, mostly until All or One and Windblade, actually. Because, yeah. I mean, Robots in Disguise, they go back to my favorite planet uh, yet again very quickly. But, yeah. I mean, they're these gigantic city city for Transformers, not even city for humans. Yeah. 
sized cities, which is, yeah, that's large. Well, you know, let's let's talk about this for a minute, okay? So, do you, do you, no, 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 it's not a bad thing. <laughs> do you want, well, you've said this before, so you live in Ottawa, right? In Canada. Yes. Do you want Hot Rod or Galvatron or Megatron or Optimus or Nightbeat or anybody to walk down the street right next to your apartment and be able to look in your window? I mean, come on. You know, I mean, having, not, I mean, not right now because I'm not wearing any pants, but still. No pants podcasting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on from that. Um, but I'm saying, like, them having their own cities for themselves, I like that. Because, again, it's their own culture. Cybertron is their own planet. Why wouldn't they have their own cities that can transform into gigantic titans? But to be fair, I think overall, too, the Transformers series, especially IDW's, has worked better when they're not on Earth. Now, part of that, too, is the fact that the human characters Suck. in the IDW, yeah, are not good. <laughs> which is I, I'm sorry, really John. frustrating. I'm sorry, John, but... No, they, they're not his fault. I, I mean, know. He, you know. And I'm not trying to bag on Costa again, either, because I don't enjoy doing that, either, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, Spike was pretty much ruined in that initial run, and there's no fixing him. But anyway, I'm getting really off topic. It's okay, we're having a fun time. Let's get to something uh, way more fun, and that is, I really liked this issue, uh, this sort of, the second issue, I should specify here. The second issue I really enjoyed, just because there's the whole band getting back together aspect, but it's Mm -hmm. the Decepticons. I liked that. They, you know, use Thundercracker to go find the Stunicons. They find the Predacons about to, you know, kill each other. Uh, they go get the Combaticons, who are about to kill Swindle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I really liked these scenes. And, I don't know, it was a lot of fun to just kind of move around. We don't even see the Autobots for, you know, a little bit. Yeah most, of, yeah, most of the second issue is all the Decepticons. With the first issue, the last little bits I want to get out of my system here for my notes. Um, what do you think about Grimlock and Hot Rod? Grimlock essentially taking over the cup role here. Oh, yeah, you know, and not really getting along. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> it, it, started, uh, it started midway through the first issue, and then, yeah, at the back, at the back end of the first issue as well, they yeah. argue ah. some more. I think that is so cool. Uh, my fav- my my favorite shot from issue one has got to be the closing panel of Trypticon leaving Cybertron. Oh, that's so good. Love that. Um, so yeah, the second issue, all, all of my notes for the second issue are basically Sonicons, Combaticons, Predacons, and Astro Train takes them all home. Basically, I mean, there's not a lot else that happens here. The Autobots, yeah. I mean, continue to look for... Uh, well, I mean, Omega, uh, Omega Supreme's not really getting along with people, and then meanwhile, the they continue to look for Tripticon and then find them at the end of the issue, and then Tripticon slams into Metroplex. Yeah. So, I think the reason why... And I don't like Primacy more than Autocracy or Monstrosity, but I think the reason why I'm really digging primacy is the fact that 
It reminds me so much of the G1 cartoon, but as if it was mashed up into one giant movie outside of the movie we already got. Because look at all of these characters. Omega Supreme. I mean, the only thing that's missing with Omega Supreme is the friggin' Constructicons. You know, that's really the only thing missing. Like, you know, a, a reference to um, Crystal City and all of that. But you know, At start... least we didn't get a reference to the Robo Smasher. Was, yeah. Yeah. hated that thing. I know. <laughs> um, you know, Starscream and the, and the Seekers going after the, uh, you know, all the, all the, all the combiner groups and, and all of that. And then we end up, you know, kind of season three-ish with, well, maybe, maybe they fought in season two. When, when did y'all, when did, um, when did we get Trypticon in the cartoon? I, I know I season should know three. this. Okay, yeah, I, I figured that's what it neither, neither of them appeared until Season 3. Oh, Unle- that's... Unless uh, you go with the Scramble City, which was set before yeah. the movie in Japan, yeah. and then it's on the DVD, but oh, anyway. So. Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> season, yeah, so, so I was right. So by Season 3 is when we usually have a couple of episodes in there where you have Metroplex and Trypticon fighting. Well, like you said, the second issue ends with... Metroplex and Trypticon starting to fight. And damn. Issue 3 opens with yeah, Metroplex giving Trypticon a fucking curb stomp. <laughs> that probably, probably hurt. Uh, I gotta say, the only... it's a I have two sort of minor disappointments in this issue, though. Mm-hmm. And one is, uh, Trypticon doesn't really put in a great showing here. I mean, he gets his ass whooped by Metroplex pretty bad. Yeah. And, I mean, Quintesson ship, which, by the way, I'm not real clear. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be Penitus's ship that's been repaired. I know it's what the Junkions are on, but, I mean, it's a Quintesson ship, so... Well, okay, so... Where, I don't know, I'm just curious the... where they got it, considering the, the Quintessons don't really exist in the IDW universe up until this trilogy. Yeah. There was... There was a shot of a drawing in a cave on a planet Wheelie was on in Spotlight Wheelie. Uh, yeah. Spada's favorite issue. But <laughs> it, uh, But aside from that, yeah, they haven't appeared much. It was just... I don't know. Anyway. And then so, my other... Well, is, no, I, I have a theory about this. Oh, jeez. Well, in the movie, we all know, you know, skip scare, ship over there. And that's, you know, really pointing out the ship on Quintessa to Hot Rod. I think the only reason why it's a Quintesson ship in this trade is a reference to that scene in the movie. That's really the only reason why they're... Because, again, this is... I figured it was because they needed something to hurt uh, Metro Plus. (laughs) Well, they did put the screws to him. I don't know. And then my uh, other disappointment is when Megatron is talking about how he keeps the Decepticons in line, the fear line appears above Shockwave. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, the one dude who's like not remotely afraid of any of the Transformers or Megatron. Yeah. I mean, he mouthed off to Overlord. Um, yeah, Sh- Shockwave's not really afraid of anything. Actually, he also probably can't really feel fear but that's another story whatever those are all well, minor though I, I mean maybe okay yes shockwave is super logical we know this he, he doesn't really do emotions uh at all obviously but maybe 
Maybe it means something to the effect of... I think it just—it was meant to refer to the other troops. It just happened yeah, to be the panel shockwave. shockwave that it ended. Well, I mean, uh, you know, not a big uh, deal. Just—I mean, with Soundwave, it's kind of, kind of true. Blind obedience. I mean, very rarely does Soundwave ever question Megatron. Yeah, but he's also not really afraid of him either. No. I mean, Soundwave. Yeah, Soundwave follows him because he saw his pets, quote unquote as actual sentient beings, whereas nobody else did. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, which, by the way, brings to mind, shouldn't Soundwave not be cool with Megatron using the Sharktacons as cannon fodder? Anyway, whatever, I'm getting off track. Speaking of the Sharktacons as well, uh, doesn't this also create a problem with the most recent Optimus Prime storyline where the Sharktacons attack the Autobots on Earth? Yeah, I... Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not... I've said this before. I have yet to catch up on current IDW stuff, so... Trust me, that happens. Uh, oh, I'm not not trusting you, so... <laughs> and they munch, they munch on poor Cosmos. Uh, so... Oh, God. You need Grimlock wants to munch metal. <laughs> no, Grimlock is still uh, pretty I much know. lobotomized. I so... Know. The, yeah, I mean, Megatron has his big ploy here. They spear Metroplex with the ship, which pretty much downs him. Uh, however, Metroplex had downed Trypticon already. So anyway, uh, the Decepticons then have the Sharktacons pour out. And they sort of go to town on the poor Autobots at this point. And the poor Anyway, inevitably, inevitably, but eventually the Autobots wear the Sharktacons out and the actual Decepticons start coming out at this point. Optimus talks to Omega Supreme. This is the portion that I referenced earlier that Omega was disillusioned with the Primes, but he sees something different in Optimus. So he decides eventually that he'll fight... Uh, for them, although it's a little late because the Decepticons just absolutely maul the shit out of them by putting together all of their firepower at once. And then uh, Megatron hears Penitus in his own head, who apparently has some sort of dominion over not just Trypticon, but Megatron as well. Okay, let me ask you, does this feel like Beast Wars at all to you a little bit at this point? In what way? Um, Megatron and Rampage. Oh, about them controlling the spark. And no. Okay. Because <laughs> so that's, that's the first thing I thought of, honestly, was, oh, okay. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, uh, we pick up issue four. They continue sort of uh, fighting. Grimlock gets to save Hot Rod after he downs Black... What is it? Blackwell? Yeah, Blackwell. Yes, uh, who apparently was a nemesis of his in the pit fighting days. Uh, Megatron, previous to this, though, wandered off to go see Trypticon. Uh, and we discovered that Omega Supreme and the other Autobots were okay thanks to Trailbreaker's force field, which uh, 
man, the Decepticons really got to get one of those or just figure <laughs> out that, you know, figure out that uh, he's got it and stop getting fooled by it. But anyway, the uh, Predacons get downed by Hot Rod and Grimlock and the Dinobots. Uh, Megatron gets to Trypticon. He and Prime have a nice little chat. Uh, Optimus opens the Matrix to eradicate the whatever piece, yeah, whatever pieces of Thanatos are in him, and presumably Trypticon. Yeah. Uh, and then Optimus punches him out, and that's kind of where we, you know, Megatron gets imprisoned. Optimus has a speech to everybody and, you know, dedicates that he's going to, you know, stick with the Autobot cause, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, so Cybertron jails, by the way, uh, prescribed to the Arkham Asylum method of keeping prisoners <laughs> in, it, in it, because we know Megatron gets out pretty damn soon, so. Yeah, obviously. Um... I think my favorite panels out of issue four, at least for Optimus and Megatron, is the one where uh, it's where Me Megatron is saying, you damn fool, can't you see what's happening all around you? This is our fate, violence and strife until the stars burn cold. Not while I still function. Help me stop this, Megatron, or our story doesn't have to end this way. This part of the panel is Optimus with his energy axe, and Livio did an amazing job, and he's got his rifle in his left hand. And then the next part of the panel is Megatron with the mace. So awesome. Absolutely yeah. love that. So the artwork again, and the entire... Uh, run. The entire, yes, run of the three full-on stories are really, really good. Uh, the artwork is solid. Uh, the issues are fun, and it's same with this one. I mean, again, if you think too hard about some of the stuff I mentioned and some of the other characterizations are a bit off, eh, but I think, I don't you, know, know. You, you know, you mentioned again, earlier about I, continuity. You mentioned earlier about continuity, and I think my problem, kind of, is he swerving wrong. <laughs> I mean... I don't mind seeing them, but that was a little weird for me seeing Swerve and Rung, because that was before, you know, Hot Rod became Rodimus and all of that, so, uh, good. Well, I don't know, I was listening to you. I don't know, doesn't that seem weird to you, seeing more than meets the eye characters here? No, because, I mean, I first saw them, I shouldn't say I first saw them, I did comics i did the idw stuff in somewhat reverse order oddly enough but i've seen livio draw them before okay. in uh in chaos the seventh and final okay. volume of mike costa's run so i mean it's not super jarring or anything to see them here we All knew right. they exist they also uh or rung at least appears in oh uh, the ugh. The past trade that I believe is part of, or past trade, the past story that I believe is part of uh, Police Action, which was the Roberts's, theory? yes, which is Roberts's first uh, writing stuff in IDW, I believe. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, so eh, didn't surprise me too much, but well, I read it all backwards, so I figured, oh, 
Okay, cool. I mean, I, I thought it was cool that we saw him. I didn't have a problem with him, and I think Livio draws them very well. I just was not expecting to see anybody from the Lost Light. Um, in the trade, in the in the back of this, they've got uh, various uh, covers from various artists. I think my favorite one is by Ken Christensen, which is Megatron and, and the Decepticons and Optimus and the Autobots and Spike and Sparkplug and Carly and the Ark. I think that's a really great cover. Um, the one where where Grimlock is is on fire, which is by Liv. Well, he's not on fire. His sword's on fire, and he's jumping up in the air. I think that's a cool one. I I really dug this. I thought this was so fun. Why are you trying to set poor Grimlock on fire? <laughs> Hasn't he <laughs> suffered enough? <sighs> need Grimlock. Need new brain. Yeah, I don't know if it's the. Uh, I don't know if it's the effect of all of the continuity stuff bogging down at this point in certain respects with what's running currently mm-hmm. or not. But yeah, this was just kind of fun. It's a fun diversion. I think if you consider it in that way, uh, yeah. you'll enjoy enjoy it that much more. Yeah. Well, again, I think the reason why Primacy was so fun was because we already had this, and I'm not saying Primacy was not a story builder, it is, but we already had the two story builders in Autocracy and Monstrosity. We Because the penultimate fight here is Optimus and Megatron. I mean, that's really what it is. At the end of Primacy here, we had the fight between Metroplex and Trypticon. What I think, and I could be wrong, and Flint can correct me, and Chris can correct me, and everybody can correct me if they want to, I think they wanted to give us a true, full-on character show-off story of what G1 was, except in the IDW landscape of a story. And yes, this is the third part of the two previous stories, and it does continue. I think it's a really damn good told story. By itself, even if anybody hadn't read the first two, which you should, folks, um... Honestly, I have no complaints about this at all. Like I said, I was a little little off with seeing Rung and, and Swerve, but that was only because I was caught off guard. I'm not going to take a point off for that because, okay, sure, they're, they're, they're there. I mean, if, you know, I could have said something about old, uh, you know, old McAdams at the beginning of the thing, but I didn't. Well, I did now, but, you know. Um, yeah, and I just think that they wanted this to be a fun kind of not necessarily need to tie up the loose ends kind of thing, because there really are no loose ends. This, After reading this, all three of these traits are a full, complete story. You don't need to go do a prequel series. You don't need to do, do a... If you want to do a sequel series, cool, great, sure. But you don't have to. This is a complete story from autocracy through monstrosity and ending with privacy, and I just love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I don't know, like I said before, I think it's enjoyable. You think it's enjoyable, so what, what, what were the things that you didn't like about it then? <laughs> well, again, same stuff I've said, I've already said my piece. I mean, yeah. you know, there's continuity issues if you want to look for them or care about them. I think it's problematic to have it for sure part of the IDW universe. Now, having said that, I mean, some of the stuff's happened post or because of stories that have taken place after this. Yeah. Uh, this was 
written, or rather autocracy, was written way back when chaos theory was just being finished up. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff isn't anyone's fault. It's just things changed since then or during that time. So I, you know, again, I'm not going to worry or get too late about it. the, The one thing I noticed about Primacy... I think Flint uh, got all of his movie lines that he wanted out in the comic in Autocracy and Monstrosity because I didn't notice a lot of... There are some variations on movie lines, but again, like I said earlier, I think Primacy is more meant to make us reminisce on the TV series more so. And obviously Hot Rod wasn't. I mean, he was in season three, but obviously not the... Because most of these characters, you look at... Um, Omega Supreme and Starscream and a lot of the other com, uh, combiner teams, those are all like season two kind of stuff. So, you know, but I I just, I had no um, preconceived notions going into these, these three trades that we've talked about in the last three weeks. Um, I went into them fresh and it surprised the hell out of me with how much G1 goodness is in this. And I just absolutely love, I think it's great. I know Flint said that there were other things in Monstrosity that he had wanted to do. He had other cool ideas. So maybe down the line, you know, they'll do something else with whatever cool ideas that they couldn't do back then. So who knows? Um, Interesting note, we may be getting an... We may be, I have not confirmed this yet, but we may be getting an interview with with Livio. Nice. Yeah. Then we can interview whoever just texted me. At 10 after 10. What the hell, people? Damn it, Andrew. Stop it. Um, <laughs> all right. So forgive that interruption here, folks. Uh, what are you going to rate Primacy 025? I think another solid sort of three and a half. Again, it's enjoyable. I have some issues with it, but eh, it's fun. I look at these three trades and I look at all of it and I think it's, yes, I, I understand your qualms about the continuity issues and all that, but I look at these as separate from that. And Primacy for me gets a four. I, I really do dig it. I think it's great. Um, I, I I know I know artists are supposed to get better with time and I know when we did Autobotly April, we both had a couple of issues with Livio's art in some of the stuff with that that we did. But honestly, this might be the best art I've seen from them. These three. Oh, I definitely think it is. Uh, I think that the characters, part of it too, I think, is the color palette of the characters. You look mm-hmm. at, in Combiner Wars, he had to do the teams, obviously, and when they merge together, they all have sort of a similar color palette to a certain extent. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I mean, uh, I said it before, I mean, Livio has a tendency to go with darker versions and darker coloring on all of those. So it ends up kind of dulling it all out. If that yeah. makes sense. And so yeah, no, it does make it, sense, yeah. And so it was harder to tell, you know, what's going on for everybody. And, yeah, some of the panels just weren't clear in that, too, of exactly what was happening. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Where can the people find you online, sir? At Nightbeat on Twitter. I am at TF2 and Mike on Twitter. You can follow at The Pullbag on Twitter. Follow at Geekcast Radio for all the other network updates. Join us next week when Lady of Wreck joins us. Uh, Amy will be joining Ryan and I to talk about Sins of the Wreckers. So that's what's coming next week. And then after that, Ryan and I are going to come back and talk about Angry Birds Transformers. Yay! <laughs> Make your greatest game in the comics, and we will catch you next time here inside the Pull Bag. You've just heard the latest episode of the Pull Bag, the GCRN's comic review and discussion podcast. There are several ways to get in touch with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on the episode and all of our different podcasts. You can rate our show on iTunes. Be sure to leave us feedback. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for, and your name. Become a fan of us on Facebook by searching Geekcast Radio Network. Send us an email feedback at geekcastradio.com follow us on twitter at geekcastradio so until next time make your great escape into comics and unleash the geek in you brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.